It's a consistent pattern at most companies. High-value data and corporate memory are stored in isolated channels on disparate systems. Old processes are protected by those who have been there the longest. The problem is, the DNA of the company becomes lost as longtime employees depart, making it difficult for new hires to find what's available, why decisions were made, and who they can look to for answers. Michael Lewis talks about this in his podcast, Against the Rules, in the series Six Levels Down. When he was looking for someone who actually understood how the insurance industry processes claims and what all the obfuscated code numbers meant and how doctors actually get claims paid, he had to go six levels deep to an overworked expert toiling away in the hospital basement. She actually knew what all that gobbledygook meant. Ashley Wolf, open source program office lead at GitHub, has confronted this dilemma throughout her career. Not only can there be missing documentation for existing processes, there's pushback when it comes to phasing out outdated processes and tooling. At the beginning of my journey to this work, I met with tons of different teams at the companies that were very resistant to any of the tools or systems they were comfortable with potentially being phased out into moving to one. It was really interesting to learn about all the different ways and tools that people had spun up to try to store information or to connect with each other or to talk with each other. Tons of different systems from IRC, Twiki, forums, Google Docs, anything you can think of. It became impossible to try to find information about your job at the company. People can be religious about documentation, even if it's not written down. They will reject an outsider coming in to disrupt their workflow. That's not the way we do it here. Working in this type of transitioning environment takes a special set of negotiating skills. That's where creating an OSPO comes in, and that's what Ashley Wolf is very good at. You are listening to the Untold Stories of Open Source, this week coming to you from the Linux Foundation office in New York City. Each week we choose an open source project or a person behind a popular open source project to uncover its untold stories. Since you work with open source, and you do whether you know it or not, you're in the right place. Ashley Wolf's dad was her earliest tech mentor. From an early age, she would tinker around on computers with him. That really was part of the catalyst to my interest in electronics and technology. Online, I started to learn about coding by way of building websites. So I learned how to write HTML and CSS and put together these really janky websites that maybe Angel Fire and GeoCities. I really enjoyed that. However, I wasn't taking any classes during that time where I could develop technical skills. 
Ashley recalls using GeoCity and AngelFire as social media before the term was a household name. Connecting with others through technology became second nature to her. But while her interests kept drawing her towards tech, her formal education was taking her down another path. After high school, she pursued a degree in political science from a private university in Southern California. But it was technology, not politics, that ignited her interest in community building back in 2011. I got more involved and interested in video games. I actually attended a lot of conferences for video games and loved the community aspect of people coming together to share in their passion around video game or a technology. You remember gaming in 2011, right? Batman, Arkham City, The Legend of Zelda, The Elder Scrolls, Gears of War 3. It was a pretty big year. Participating in the gaming community was how Ashley first learned about open source and its connection to the corporate world. When I went to do more research on it, I was able to understand the connection between open source and companies and that companies were relying on open source to build their own software. Perhaps there were some companies that were interested in creating and adding to the community and making some things available publicly and, you know, quote unquote, for free back to the public. Ashley was on two paths that had not yet converged, both providing her with skills that she would later use as an OSPO leader. While she had a passion for technology, video games, and community building, she continued with her formal education in political science. As graduation day approached, she found herself at a crossroads. Right before I graduated from college, I had two job offers. One was to join a political advocacy firm, and the other was to join a startup that was working on channel monetization for YouTube. The way that the second opportunity with the channel monetization came up is as I was doing a lot of work and helping with video game indie developers and attending conferences, somebody I met through that network said, you could be essentially doing streaming and making money from it and playing video games and talking about it or talking about emerging tech and beyond. So I had two options to go the path of my degree or go the path of working at this fun startup where I may not make as much money when I first start. Technology or policy, heart or mind. There was no wrong decision here, but still one had to be made. I chose to go with a political advocacy firm with the uncertainty of what the prospect of going to the startup would look like. Inside, I think I regretted that for many, many months to follow. At one point, maybe a year after I made that decision and I started at the political advocacy firm, that startup got acquired by Disney. And I thought, oh my gosh, I just... <laughs> What a lost opportunity there. <laughs> I think we can all relate. Who doesn't think back to seminal moments and ask themselves, what if I had chosen differently? 
Where might I be if? While Ashley might have rejected the offer to work at the startup, she found herself performing technical tasks at the political advocacy firm. I was much more inclined to the technical work that I was doing for them. This included working with Salesforce and reporting directly to three different lawyers. She considered going to law school to specialize in intellectual property. Working directly with technology still felt like a bit of a pipe dream. Then she stumbled on Quora. Large technology communities were gathering on forums at the time. It was a place where niche groups could find like-minded peers to exchange ideas and questions. Quora was made available to the public just two years earlier, but it quickly gained traction. So I was on Quora, which is a website primarily focused on question and answer and building community around folks asking questions, similar to the model that Yahoo Answers has. This made Quora a magnet for open source communities, and it was there that Ashley found Gil Gil Yehuda Yehuda. was very active on Quora, talking about his work at Yahoo. He went to the White House and represented Yahoo talking about open source and how companies should be giving away their code for free. At the time when I read that, I I was shocked. I was impressed thinking... There's these things happening out there where companies are giving their code away and building community around code. And I reached out to him to talk more about that and better understand what a career like his would look like. Throughout these episodes of Untold Stories, there's often a moment in a person's journey when they realize that open source needs people like them people with non-traditional backgrounds that are not only welcomed, they're encouraged. For Ashley, this was that moment. She was hooked. Ashley initiated contact with Gil to find out more about Yahoo's involvement in open source. She also started reading books by Heather Meeker, an intellectual property lawyer in the open source space. While she had rejected the opportunity to work at the tech startup, a new opportunity soon presented itself. I worked there for a few years and I found an opportunity at Yahoo in the open source and standards office. I feel very fortunate that even when I was faced with that choice initially, and I might've gotten an earlier start working in tech and the experience of then working for a larger company, it came about anyways. Not everyone gets a second chance to find their path at the proverbial fork in the road and get a chance at choosing their passion over the practical. The change was a bit intimidating. She wasn't formally trained for the role, but she researched and mentally prepared herself to take on the challenge. Ashley credits her mentor with helping her through the early periods of uncertainty. Yeah, and I'm fortunate that my path started with finding somebody who was already involved in the open source space and receiving mentorship. It helped me to dive into something I wasn't that familiar with. So if there's a lesson to be learned here and perhaps the lesson of open source, if you have some knowledge that you think might help someone, share it. And on the flip side, 
if you're entering unknown territory, there's probably someone out there that's willing to help. With no more regrets, Ashley had found herself in a career that united her passions of technology and community building. But that doesn't mean it was simple. Yahoo was 20 years old in 2014, and it was Ashley's job to unite its thousands of engineers and dozens of siloed projects into a single developer culture. There were teams that were using PHP, BB forums. There were some teams that were on Twikis. My goal and my focus was to find a way that we could bring all developers to one platform to talk about the work that they were doing, to share technical documentation, and perhaps to encourage some social interaction or conversations on top of the work that they were doing. The company had been following behind Google for years and needed a united front. Ashley joined at a pivotal time in the company's history. In July 2012, Marissa Mayer was appointed CEO and president of Yahoo. You might have heard about Elon Musk's recent ban on remote work at Tesla. Well, Mayer was the originator. In a notorious move, she banned remote work at Yahoo back in 2013. While unpopular, the action was part of a wider push to improve company culture. Right after I joined, or maybe shortly before I joined, the story is that Marissa came and saw that everyone was in these cubicles with fairly high up walls on each side that you could barely look to your neighbors and, and see each other. And one of the first things she wanted to see was an open workspace. So we went through a transition from these isolated desks to having the open work layout where tables next to each other, you could see each other. And that was very important to her. And it helped to encourage people to get to know each other, talk about the work that we were doing, especially in the spirit of open source and the team that I was on. It was very much so appreciated. But not all of the changes were as well received. The engineers had just gone through the transitions with Mayer, and now Ashley's team was advocating for more changes. Some resistance was inevitable. You're listening to the story of just one of the 700 projects supported by the Linux Foundation. We are much more than Linux. Projects such as the Open Source Security Foundation, ONAP, Kubernetes, Hyperledger, and RISC-V all call the Linux Foundation home. If you're looking to contribute to an open source project, there are dozens that can use your help. If you have a project that needs support, bring your project to the Linux Foundation and have full access to the support resources we can provide. At the Linux Foundation, we help open technology projects build world-class open source software, hardware, data, and standards communities. We'd like yours to be one of those communities. Go to linuxfoundation.org to get started. That's linuxfoundation.org.
From the outside, the task of uniting so many different perspectives seems like you'd need to have near superhuman negotiating skills. Even with a degree in political science, it's not clear on how one would diffuse the loudest dissenters. Ashley took a different approach. There were people that were quite resistant to the idea of giving up the services that they were comfortable with. So it was a really good educational experience for me and also in for the future to build relationships with people and to figure out like exactly what the pain points are and whether or not they could actually be addressed by phasing out some of these things and bringing everybody to one platform without disrupting the natural process around the way people were communicating or what they were comfortable with. As a new hire, forcing solidarity with an iron fist probably would have resulted in failure. By slowing down and learning about the history of each process, she was able to understand and accommodate the routines she was trying to streamline. While the current state of developer culture seemed scattered and chaotic, Ashley didn't start trying to make changes immediately. These are very smart, talented people. Often there's reasons why they went about what they did in an attempt to do the right thing, to share, to document, and finding a path forward involves listening to all of those stories earnestly. That's a critical concept that bears repeating. These were very smart, talented people. They were doing something for a reason. It was Ashley's job as a coordinator to discover those people and reasons. Yahoo was reliant on its oracles, people who had been at the company longer than anyone else and knew exactly where to find answers. Alan Reese and Gil Yehuda were two such oracles. Many people I came across would be open to pointing you to the right person or open if you reached out to saying, maybe go ask over there or open to a conversation if they were somebody that was responsible perhaps for one of these tools or systems. It's important to have the Gills and the Allens because it's where corporate memory resides. But Ashley wanted to create a company culture that was less reliant on oracles. She wanted to get to the point where people were writing things down, talking about their work, and documenting decisions to make information easy to find. She leaned into community building and her role became more of a traditional OSPO leadership position, helping teams build communities around different open source projects. She had matured into a vital component of Yahoo's open source initiatives. That doesn't mean things went as planned. There was a huge obstacle to overcome when Verizon acquired Yahoo in 2017 for $4.5 billion. Open source initiatives were viewed as risky and operations were slowed. But Ashley was prepared for the next stage in her career. At that time, I was eager to continue to challenge myself to learn more about different roles in tech, perhaps. And I found an opportunity to join a cybersecurity startup as a product manager and help them to launch a brand new support portal. And for me, that was an opportunity to draw from 
a lot of the work and conversations I was having with people to drive them to one internal platform to create a public external facing platform where developers, customers, partners could go to, to get the answers they needed and to have a community of peers to go to, to ask questions. So at that point, I left Yahoo and joined the cybersecurity company to set out on a new role in tech. While at Yahoo, Ashley focused on internal communication. The startup's support portal was the next evolution of that challenge to create a public-facing hub for developers, customers, and partners to ask and answer questions. After two years with the startup, Yahoo, now Verizon Media, had resumed its open source initiatives and wanted Ashley back to help them with the next stage of development. I came back to Yahoo and post-acquisition, the name was Verizon Media, to help at that next level, to help not only Yahoo, but now Verizon Media plus Verizon with open source program office activities. It was during this time at Verizon Media that Ashley became a member of the To-Do Group at the Linux Foundation. To-Do's philosophy is talk openly, develop openly. It's a community of practitioners collaborating on best practices for OSPOs. Over the next three years, Ashley got to know most of the major players in the world of OSPOs. OSPO leaders had their eyes on GitHub as a potential partner in their initiatives. GitHub is an internet hosting service that is commonly used to host open source projects with a reported 83 million developers and 200 million repositories. It's the world's largest host of source code. I have met many people over the years that worked at GitHub that were aware there was a group of us that worked at companies doing open source management and that we were eager to see GitHub help us be more effective in our roles at companies. Increasing GitHub's support of OSPOs is invaluable to driving innovation across industries. Ashley would soon have the opportunity to motivate change from the inside. But first, she needed to overcome a personal hurdle, an interview with one Stormy Peters. Stormy is the VP of Communities at GitHub. Ashley's a big fan, despite three unsuccessful interviews with her over the years. But a new position opened to lead the OSPO office at GitHub, and Ashley wasn't going to let this opportunity pass her by. This was my fourth time interviewing with her for different roles over the years. Luckily, that didn't stop me. This fourth interview, I was able to get a job working for her. So I was very excited because the relationship I have with mentors and people I work with has always been something I feel really strongly about. And Stormy was always a person I respected in the community. So I was really excited about the prospect of joining and working for her since she greatly supports the idea of OSPOs and helping others. Yep. Fourth time's a charm. GitHub had a different way of working than Yahoo or Verizon Media. 
It's a place where open source isn't a risk that has to be weighed against potential reward. When I came to GitHub, I was surrounded by people that get open source and they will not put up with a lot of gatekeeping or bureaucracy associated with participating in open source. But that didn't mean anything goes. If you're going to create something at GitHub, there needs to be a purpose and it needs to meet a high standard. It's been a great challenge to ensure that any type of process or tool or policy we're working on is lightweight and getting a ton of feedback from internal folks here has been critical to ensure that we're successful with anything that we want to introduce. GitHub is a member of the Linux Foundation and the CNCF and OpenSSF projects. I've been very active within the Linux Foundation for a number of years, and I feel like I've only hit the tip of the iceberg. I know there's so many more working groups that I could be involved in, a lot of sub-foundations. I'm active in a few, but there's so much ground there to cover with open source that the Linux Foundation offers so much opportunity for the entire ecosystem. To give you the scope of what's happening at the LF, there are over 800 projects, each with its own working groups. I have a lot of positive things to say about the Linux Foundation because without groups like the To-Do Group, which is focused on open source program offices, I wouldn't have been able to grow in my career as much without those public resources being made available without the peer network. So very appreciative that these working groups exist. GitHub's involvement with the Linux Foundation goes beyond OSPOs and the to-do group. Open source doesn't only happen in the OSPO. There's tons of teams across GitHub that are engaged with different members of the ecosystem and community. Many of my colleagues work closely with different groups at the Linux Foundation to collaborate on various initiatives. Specifically, GitHub is actively working to help secure the software supply chain. Our focus within a lot of core product teams is on security. A lot of the work that the Linux Foundation is leading and talking about is important for GitHub to be involved in and to partner on as much as possible. There's teams here that are dedicated to helping secure the supply chain and to enable companies to safely and securely use open source. For them, it was critical that they partner with OpenSSF and work closely with that group. Ashley's career has been defined by helping connect people so that others can find the information they need. People such as Gil Yehuda and Alan Reese were the mentors she needed to find her place of value in the open source community. As part of her personal outreach program, Ashley became a mentor herself for young women trying to break into technology. I really enjoyed being a mentor for Built by Girls because OSPO and open source program manager roles and career paths in that space are a bit niche. It's not always that 
people are familiar with it. And especially with engineers, they may not know their company has an OSPO. They may not know there's a path where they could end up working in an OSPO. So it was an opportunity to tell people about the departments at companies that they may have and what different roles in that group look like. You never know how you might alter the course of someone's life. Think about that young professional with a love for technology who was once inspired while surfing Quora. It's the moments that we can't anticipate that many times have the most effect on our life. Our program today was produced by the team at the Linux Foundation, including James McLeod from the Phenos Project, Chip Stewart for promotional management of the series, Melissa Schmidt for graphic design, and Noah Lehman for social media support. The narration for this episode was written by Mark Levesque, with music and soundscapes from Blue Dot Sessions. Our website, where you can listen and download every episode, completely ungated and free, can be found on our GitHub project or wherever you subscribe to your favorite podcast. Speaking of subscribing, we'd very much appreciate you pressing that subscribe button and becoming part of our growing community. I'm Mark Miller, back next week with another untold story of open source.